How's everybody doing today? We have a we have a very very busy Sunday. Do I have the power? I have the power. Thank you. Whew. Let me pray. And God, we give you thanks for the little moments in our lives. So we pray. I pray that we can get closer to you, that we can be aware of your wonders, your love, that we can be able to see the little sunshines in every space in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me start with a story. So as many of you know, I'm from Argentina. We have a lot of farms there. And we have a lot of people that work in those farms. Um, and we, we always have, um, we have a big tourism. We have people coming from all over the place. We have a lot of people coming from the U.S. to Argentina. And, and one day, uh, one of these persons just decided that they didn't want to go where the, um, the person in charge of tourism was, was taking him. He decided to go on, on his own and just look around. So he sees this beautiful farm and sees a man just chilling like this under a tree. Just chilling. Look kind of like even sleepy. So the, um, the, this person asked the, the man that was resting on the tree, said, oh, so what are you doing? And the person says, I'm taking care of my goats. What goats? So the man just kind of like wakes up a little bit. Oh, th those ones over there. Oh, okay. I hope I'm not getting um, into something that is not my business, but let me ask you a question. Why don't you sell those goats? And for what? Said the man. Well, if you sell those goats, you can buy cows. Okay, and for what? Well, if you sell those cows, you can have milk, and they can reproduce, and you can sell them. And for what? Well, once you say enough cows, you can buy more cows and have goats. Okay. And for what? Well, once you sell those, you can build a huge fence in your farm. And for what? Well, because then... You will not have to be here taking care of your goats and your cows, and you have your hands free to do other things and make more money. And for what? Well, once you have your hands free, you can invest this money on buying a company or building a company. And for what? Well, once you build a company, you will make more money, and then you can buy trucks. And for what? Well, once you buy trucks, you will be in charge of all the distribution of the meat in your area. Okay, and what's that for? Well, if you do that, you will make way more money and you can buy ships. Oh, and for what? Well, if you buy ships, you cut off the middleman and you will make even more money and you can distribute all the meat that you have to the rest of the world. 
Whew, and for what? Well, once you do that, your company can have a lot of employees and you can train somebody to do your job. And for what? Well, once you have somebody that can do your job, you can just lay back and rest. And what had I been doing all along? So this idea of this man just resting is two different ways of seeing the world. We have um, this expectation that we, in order to, to be able to enjoy life, we have to achieve certain goals. So one of, one of the things, the constant pursuit of every individual is, is mostly try, everybody's trying to be happy. And, and we, have, we need to make a difference, probably it's an obvious difference for many, but um, between joy and happiness. Happiness is a binary term. You can be happy or you cannot be happy. You can be happy at one moment so that your uh, spouse, kids, or friends, and the next minute, you can be not happy with them. Those that have kids, they probably were really happy seeing their kids yesterday with customs, but they were not happy when they were having sugar rush at home. So, nevertheless, even if you're happy or you're not happy, you can be joyful. Joy is these big things that can wrap its arms around sadness, um, heartaches, pain, happiness. Everything that comes to us in the universe, approaching it with a joyful life can make the difference. Or how do we, how we see the life in the moments that we enjoy? Let me just read Ecclesiastes. It's known as, as a wisdom book. There is a lot of wisdom in it. There is a lot of things that we can learn about life. And this is what the person writes. He says, call me the quester. I have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. I look most carefully into everything. Search out all, the, all that is done on this earth. And let me tell you, there is not much to write home about. God hasn't made it easy for us. I've seen it all, and it's nothing but smoke. Smoke. And speeding into the wind. Life is a coarse crew that can't be strained up. Strained. A minus that won't add up. I said it to myself. I know more, and I am wiser than anyone before me in Jerusalem. I've stockpiled wisdom and knowledge. What I finally conclude is that so-called wisdom and knowledge are mindless and witless, nothing but speeding into the wind. Much learning earns you much trouble. The more you know, the more you hurt. Socks. Life is, this is, this is the second chapter of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. It's a, it's a book that should give you some guidelines through life. And he's telling you that life is smoke. It's like spilling, spilling into the wind. The more you know, the more you hurt. Haven't you ever wished to know less about politics? Haven't, for those that have been in church for a long time and have served in different churches, haven't you ever wished to know less about what happened behind the 
screens in the church, the more you know, the more you hurt. According to, to the quester, to the writer, it's all smoke. It's like spitting into the wind. So how do you live in this world with all the ways that it can break your heart and still live with joy? You turn on the news, there's problems everywhere. 2020, it's not just the virus, it's not um, friends and families that we might have lost. There are a lot of the, um, famous people that have died. There are a lot of people that love their jobs. Seems like 2020, there is an election in 2020. If there is a year that it could be the worst period to have an election is in 2020. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong with 2020. And this is, so how can you live with joy in a moment that it seems like the entire structure around you is falling into pieces? The writer of Ecclesiastes, 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 okay, how do you say it? Ecclesiastes, thank you. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. There we go. The writer of Ecclesiastes talks about learning everything. It's pretty much is talking about how we achieve world wisdom. World wisdom, conventional wisdom, is what we all learn. It's what we teach our kids. It's like our parents have taught us. It's like the school system have taught us that A plus B equals C. That if you want to achieve something in life, you need to do this. You need to take these steps. If you want to be happy in your marriage, you have to take these steps. If you want your kids to be good kids, you have to take these steps. A plus B equals C. How to change a tire. Um, I don't know. Having savings. All these ideas come from conventional wisdom. All the rules that will help you to achieve success in the world. But then, we have divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. Uh, one theologian called it the wisdom after wisdom. After the wisdom. Divine wisdom is for those who play by the rules and got burned. Divine wisdom is for those who learn in the hard way that A plus B doesn't always equal C. For some people, for example, so we all have standards of life. Whether uh, doesn't matter where we grew up, different countries, different cities, different schools, different families, it has been, whether we like it or not, uh, whether it was intentional or not, it has been placed a standard of life over our shoulders. Things that we need to do. How do we have to become? For some places, the standard is success. For other places, the standard is survival. I have lived in, in some countries where the standard of life is not success. The goal is to stay alive. But there are other places where the standard is success. And success about having everything you want, everything you need, that will help you to move 
through life and be able to enjoy it, which is something very, very interesting. Imagine a culture that has more wealth, technology, and luxury than any other civilization in history, and still the people that live in that culture are worried, stressed out, tired, and fearful. Does any culture comes to mind? Culture that has more luxury, technology, than any other culture in the history of the world. And people are still stressed out and worry. It comes to say that it doesn't matter how much you get, you might not be living a full life. You might be having these moments of happiness, but because we are so focused on what it comes ahead, because we were taught that we need to do A plus B to achieve C, that we are not able to see what is around us. This is what Ecclesiastes says. The writer continues. I think I'm out of battery. Oh, did I move it? Oh, it's not there. I'm going to read it. Yeah. Okay. This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 9 says. Still, anyone selected out for life has hope. Remember, this is the same guy that was saying that everything is smoke. Other version says, life is worthless, it's meaningless. He, he keeps saying, oh, for, um, still, anyone selected out for life has hope. For as they say, a living dog is better than a dead lion. The living at least know something, even if it's only that they are going to die. But the dead knows nothing and gets nothing. They are a minus that no one remembers. Their loves, their hates, yes, even their dreams are long gone. There is not a trace of them left in the affairs of this earth. And he continues. Cease life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with robust heart. Oh yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Release life with the spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is a gift from God. It is all you get in exchange for the hard work of just staying alive. Make the most of each day. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. This is your last and only chance at it for there is neither work to do, nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead, where you are most certainly headed. So it seems like something happened into the lection that this person is giving us. It's saying that life is short, but you need to seize it. You need to grab it. You need to enjoy it. You need to eat bread, you need to drink wine, you need to wear colors, you need to be happy, you need to be joyful, joyfully. How do you live this way? How can you seize life? 
simply put it, you just lower the bar. Lower the bar on what you expect from life. Simply put it, what this guy is saying, drink wine with robust heart, dress festively every morning, relish the life with your spouse, the spouse you love, make smooth of each day. Pretty much he's saying, look around you, have fun with the people around you, enjoy every moment, and try to live life with joy. Lower the bar of the expectations that you have because the higher the bars are, the less chance you have to be able to see the happy moments of your life, to embrace those moments that just sneak up on you. Like I said at the beginning, joy will give you the ability not only to embrace those little moments that brings sun to your life, but it will give you the ability to live through the hardest and most difficult ones. When you lower the bar, you open a different spectrum for what your life will be. I'm gonna move on for a little bit. The entire purpose of living life with joy is to be present. So I don't have a big lesson today. It's mostly an advice. Enjoy your life for God's sake. There is not enough time. There is all smoke. There is not enough time to be angry at the world. There is not enough time to be angry at those that don't think like you. You have a bunch of people that think like you. Have fun with them. There is not enough time. There is no time to waste in this life. Grab it. Wear colors. Make the life of others happy. Let me show you some moments. This is my son. This was his fourth surgery. Now, if I ever met somebody with a lower bar for life, it was this kid. He was abandoned after birth, lived in a hospital for two and a half years. He had that surgery, and he had two choices. He can look at life like that, or he can just, in a, within a minute, change his attitude and think, I'm going to take that bull by the horns. I'm going to take life, and I'm going to seize life, and I'm going to enjoy every moment, and nothing is going to stop me. And the beautiful thing about having a lower bar is that at some point you might even find a greater joy that you didn't expect it, but it will be overwhelming. In the case of my son, it was funding a family. This is Uruguay, three years ago, no, four years ago. When Ronnie and I moved to Uruguay, in the city of Salto, there was a huge flooding that kicked 75% of the people of the city outside of their houses. A lot of things were destroyed. Houses were destroyed. Properties that people had in their houses were destroyed. Soccer fields were destroyed. If you see the line over there, uh, you see the brown and the white. That's how high the water um, reached. 
everything, almost every property that anybody had was destroyed because they had to leave their houses with a rush. How do you live with that in a moment when you lose everything you worked your entire life? How do you move on? How don't you want to end it? What do you do when you have been working your entire life and your house just, it's gone? We didn't know what to do. People didn't have where to stay or where to eat. So we opened the church and hoped for people to bring food. We opened the church and people started coming to eat because they didn't have where to be. In this moment, I'm not just showing you, oh yeah, the church was nice and helped people. It was a lot of fun. And then, just neighbors, they just brought um, mattresses and people stayed. So how do you leave after everything you have is gone and you have to be fed by a group of people you don't know and you have to share a room in a sanctuary with over 30 people. Just live with joy. You take over those little moments that you have. When the bar is so low, now you lost everything you have. These people, because this was close to Christmas, so we're celebrating Christmas there. People lost everything they had when they were on Christmas. So, and when your refrigerator doesn't work, and your grill is ruined, you come up with a fun way to grill. <laughs> Those joyful moments, they just sneak up on you. Those moments where, when it seems like everything is right with the world, and you're with friends and celebrating, even though outside of those walls, everything is falling apart. Joy, attacking life with joy will give you the ability to do that. That's just a picture we, don't, we didn't eat from there. Although, the, yeah, we didn't eat from there. I promise you my grill is better. This is, this is Arizona's desert. So every year while I was at Divinity School and a couple of years after that, I, I used to take a group of pastors to walk through the desert. This is 30 minutes within the desert. And we found graves of people that were trying to cross the border and just die 30 minutes before they made it to civilization. People that they didn't know, they were so close. So we were there, finding closed, finding crosses, and we found a moment. We were crying for what we were seeing. And among the stories that we were hearing, so the person that was guiding us through the desert was telling us that it, there is something called jumping cactuses in the desert. That you're walking and the cactus just jump on you. I don't even know how that works. It's like it has a sensor. And the only dumb person that that happened among a group of 20 people was me. If you see rather a cactus just jumped on me. And in that moment, where we were just mourning, when we were sad, because we were hearing all these stories of all these people, we found one moment that we were able to enjoy and say, we need to laugh. We need to smile. We need to seize this moment. Good moments in life, they just sneak up on you. You need to enjoy it. You need to embrace it. 
This is the border wall. It's decorated, it's painted, looks beautiful. And you cannot cross. So there it says, here's where the dreams bounce back. This is um, every Sunday, there is a worship service with people from one side of the border and the other side of the border. Their families, that's the only time that they come, come together. And in that moment where you see families that cannot even get close to each other, seeing life with joy gives you the ability to embrace little moments when you find a hole in the wall, I don't know if you, under the wall, I don't know if you can see it. And then suddenly you start seeing a face coming out of there. You see it? And you see the little, how do you call that animal? That, that digs holes. Can you, can you guys see it there? I don't know if I have a bigger picture. So that animal was going back and forward under the wall. And it gave us the joy and only that moment to think that there was a main creation that cannot stop God's creation in that animal. And that was the only moment of joy that we had, of happiness, of fulfillment. The writer of Ecclesiastes ends his book by saying, honor and enjoy your creator while you're still young. Before the years take their toll and your bigger wings, before your vision dims and the world blurs and the winter years keep you close to the fire, Besides being wise himself, the quester also thought, taught others knowledge. He waited, examined, and arranged many proverbs. The quester did his best to find the right words and write the plain truth. The words of the wise brought us to live well. They're like nails hammered at home, holding life together. They're given by God, the one shepherd. But regarding anything beyond this, dear friend, go easy. There is no end to the publishing of books, and the constant study wears you out, and so you are not good for anything else. The last and final word is this, fear God. Do what he tells you, and that's it. Eventually, God will bring everything that we do out into the open and judge it accordingly to his hidden intent, whether it is good or evil. Honor and enjoy your creator while you're still young before the years take toll and you're bigger. So what this person is teaching you is this. Go and take life. When you get out of here, look at those around you and enjoy it. Take a moment to appreciate those that are around you. Take a moment to appreciate everything you have. Take a moment to smile. Take a moment to live without thinking what's going to happen 15 minutes later. Enjoy your life now. Live with joy, because joy will help you to appreciate those little moments. Live with joy, because if you're living a troublesome moment, you know that it will get better. But all this can only be done through God. And what God tells you, and what the writer says, fear God, do what he tells you. He's calling us to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. When we live with joy, we're honoring God. 
Because life was made for us to live it fully and to be happy and to make the life of others the same way. So when you go today, after we light the candles, after we celebrate communion, think about this. Have I been enjoying life or am I so focused on what's going to happen within the next few months, within the next few weeks, within the next few days? Am I honoring God by living and appreciating every single moment? Am I loving every moment with the one I love? Am I loving and enjoying every moment with the little ones in my house? Am I enjoying this simple meal? Let me pray. God, we give you thanks. Because life is difficult. And it seems like most of the times we are just swimming against the waves. But I pray that you can give us the ability to be present, to enjoy, to have joy, to see beyond the curtain of smoke. That we can fear you. That we can live as you want us to live. That we can accept life as a gift. Every day as a gift. And going to bed thinking, today I have an honor God because I enjoy my day. So God, I pray that you can give us laugh in the midst of sadness. That you can give us strength in the midst of sadness. That we can understand that sadness is not the end of it but life as a whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.